she sneezed, everybody laughed. I don't know why they would do that. Why would they? <laughs> um, we, had, um, we had quite a day. I really got tickled because um, last week we finished up early. We tried to finish up early so that we could get home before the roads iced over. And today it was 73. So today we were sweating in t-shirts. So that's welcome to North Carolina. So that's awesome. And uh, one thing I wanted to share with you, last week one of the things that happened was on Thursday, I think I said talked about this, um, I think I talked about it on Sunday. On Thursday I had a word, Lord, uh, let's all join together and come against these attacks and that they would come to nothing and they would all be foiled. And so on Friday, uh, literally, it was like all hell broke loose. And I think on Saturday, there were three people directly tied to Boomerang in the hospital and all kinds of stuff. Now, as people gave themselves, and listen, the importance of a word and the importance of being plugged into a body, one where you esteem and respect something that's being, being said, every one of those people, as they turned to Christ, those things came to nothing, like... In one case, there was the little girl, they were about to do surgery, and turns out, you know, it was nowhere near that. She didn't have to have surgery, and in talking uh, to Paul, uh, the dad, in talking to him, he said, I believe she had something serious. I believe the Lord reversed it. And uh, so it ended up, they wanted to make it this, and it just was something she needed to get over in a few days. And not only that, but we were believing God that that would turn to nothing too. And she's gotten better and better as the week has gone on. And there's been one thing after the other. Man, the attacks did come. Now, yesterday, there's actually some things that happened today because uh, I, I heard this word for boomerang. It was specifically for boomerang, uh, not... Uh, I meant to send it out yesterday and because uh, I had gotten it either the night before or yesterday morning and the word was basically this. It said, and I sent it out on the uh, communications that we have. I said, this is a word for those who will receive it. Expect good news in the next few days. Be looking for it over the next couple of weeks. So in other words, in the next few days, if you can receive that, when you start to understand that God will speak to his people, sometimes he'll speak to you directly, sometimes he'll speak through a pastor. Man, just like that word last week, which was there to protect us and keep the bad stuff from us and foil and unravel all the plans, this one is here so that you will be ready and looking for that good news. Your faith will then engage what God has planned for you. And so expect good news. Well, I meant to send that yesterday, and I didn't, and um, so today, I know, uh, Lee, you had something come up where there was some unexpected money, possibly, that came your way. Uh, I know Nicole had something where the government had told her, uh, or the organization told her, you won't hear back from this for how long? Four to six weeks, and when did you send it all? Last week. So it was one week, and it was great news, and so there's just good news. It can be big, it can be little, it can be in finances, it can be in health, but right now you should be saying, expect good news. Expect to hear some good things. So be looking for it. Raise your expectation. Don't just, oh yeah, that's good, Brian, amen, mm -hmm. yeah, 
Praise the Lord. You know, don't just do that. You know, don't get religious on me. Get your expectation of. Get to the place where you go, all right, amen. Yeah, I'll receive that. So that's that's what we're looking for. So you, when you get to that place, that's when stuff actually starts working for you because it's, you're allowing it to become real to you and not just a story. You're allowing it to become real in your life. That's when God works because you allow Him to become real by your faith. Amen? So, I, uh, tonight we're talking about the prescription for what ails you. And what we're going to talk about is, I don't care what you're going through, I'm going to give you the prescription on how to fix it. Matter of fact, there's something that while I was preparing this message, uh, the Holy Spirit said, you've got something that's been ailing you, you're going to listen to your own message? I thought, you know, because it's not just y'all the Holy Spirit gets on to, and not just y'all whose toes need, you know, healing sometimes, it's mine too. And uh, I said, well, I reckon I better, shouldn't I? And uh, so this is, I don't care where you're at or what you're doing, this is prescription will fit every need, every ailment that the devil has tried to bring in your life, this will fit it. And before I tell you and get into that, uh, what I want to tell you is a story that happened recently. I really have a heart for when I find areas that trip people up to to expose those so that you don't get tripped up either. Uh, my dad used to have a statement and you know, from an American society, uh, and I remember back in uh, the 80s, there was a good rumor that the uh, Japanese would basically take any technology that we had, they would reverse engineer it, come up with their own, and copy that. So instead of spending you know, all the millions of dollars for research, what they would do is they would just use our research and take apart what we had made because we were on the edge of some of that technology. And so there was a statement back then in the 80s and 90s that then my dad used to say it all the time. He'd say, become a good Japanese. And he said, don't try to recreate the wheel. Don't go into something and try to recreate it if it's already been created. You know? In other words, here's, here's what I got out of that. I don't have to go through a problem if I can read in the Word how to avoid a problem. Or I don't have to go through a problem and an issue if I can learn from somebody else's problems and issues. Why would I go through the issue when I just watch somebody else mess it up and get it wrong? And so, and so I always think about that statement, become a good Japanese, and uh, no, no offense to Japanese. Japan, if you're watching, we love you. Maybe my heart wasn't right back in the 80s and 90s, but I wasn't the one saying it. So I, it was, I just heard it, and I knew what it meant. So amen. We love you. So here's... Um, Here's the thing, we've got to make sure that we don't get called up. Why should we go through and take us two years to learn a point if we can simply look at it in the Word, learn and grow from that, and then, or watch somebody else do it right or do it wrong and learn from that. There's no reason that it should take us forever. Matter of fact, our level of spiritual maturity ought to be growing by leaps and bounds, 
But part of the reason why it's not is because that pride comes in and we'll, we'll go, you know, I'm going to do this myself. You know, I'm going I'm to make it happen all myself. I can figure this out. Well, have fun figuring it out for three years and I'll take three days, pay attention to somebody else or listen to the word and I'll be having success while you're figuring it out for three years. I'd much rather do that. that that's, an, that's efficient and productive wisdom of God. And it's really awesome when you just avoid sin completely in your life because you've learned some of these things. So I'm going to share with you one tonight that you can learn and grow from that I did wrong. And it wasn't long ago. So it was just, uh, it was January, I think. So uh, recently I had a, uh, uh, well, recently, last year, was a year in 2014 that really discouraged me. There was discouragement everywhere. It was like everywhere I turned, there was discouragement. Now, as I've grown up in the Lord, I've learned what to do with discouragement. And I'll tell you, 2014 did a really good job of teaching me how to come out of that mess because I had to come out of a lot of it. I mean, it was just one thing after the other, after the other, and it came from all different angles. It wasn't just church stuff. It was just, I mean, it just, you know, it just stunk. And I was, I was glad for 2014 to be out of here. And uh, praise God, amen. I'm glad, yeah, y'all are, hello. <laughs> Any, anybody with me? Anybody ready to get rid of 2014? The devil was like trying to be on a rampage to hold us back. Well, guess what? He didn't win. Amen? All right. Amen. So, here's what... Uh, I don't like discouragement, and I found that... Uh, we. I think Ted said it last night, that there's 33% of Americans are depressed. And so... It's important for us to learn how to not be discouraged and how to come out of discouragement. So I'm very much aware of it. I know what the emotion feels like. And when I start feeling it and recognizing it, I very quickly get on that to come out of that discouragement. Because you stay in that place, it's just a matter of time for you are beat down, bitter, and you are not making godly choices. I mean, it's just, and it stinks. So uh, personally, it just, yeah, you know, so it's just nasty. So, uh, and it's not godly. And for you to stay in it, and I look, if you've ever been in discouragement or depression, uh, there, here's one of the big parts of it. You feel like you can't get out. And let me just say, you can get out. I've been in it. I've been through it multiple times, different ways. You can step out of that mess, okay? God has provided a way. And so take hope, all right? So, now, so uh, what I'm about to tell you is not based off of I think so or theory. It's based off of reality and experience and, most importantly, what God says. With God, all things are, are possible through him. Amen? So, here's the thing. We want to find a place where we are always, for us to stay in that place is wrong. It's a wrong place. For us as Christians to say, Oh, yeah, I just can't come out of this. For us to say, I can't do anything is pretty much wrong. Because in God, we can do all things. So when we start taking up the attitude of I can't, we're moving right into 
ungodliness. Yeah. All right? So the moment that we like, well, you know, and I have, you know, I have people, and I'm not, not trying to be rude or crude or anything like that. I'm trying to help people. When I have people that say, oh, but you don't understand my problem. I'll listen to you and love on you and have mercy on you and give you time and attention, but ultimately for you to come out of your problem, what you're going to have to do is recognize that Jesus is greater. That's right. <laughs> He's bigger than that. That's, right. yeah, that's what's going to have to happen. And the quicker I can get you to that revelation, the quicker you'll come up out of that problem. Yeah. So a lot of times talking about the problem, it just it don't do too much. And so anyway... So 2015 was quite a, uh, 2014 was quite a discouraging year, and uh, here's January 2015, and the Lord's already put it in my heart that 2015 was just going to be awesome. I mean, this is the year, and uh, for Boomerang, for us personally, I mean, I'm just expecting some great, great big things. And uh, so right away, here we are, we're going into it, and I mean, things started changing. And then one morning, um, Nicole told me a piece of news or something that morning, and it was, it was a fact, uh, but it was a negative fact. And, um, and so I was like, oh, man, I hate hearing that. And then something else came up, and it was negative too, and I went, oh, man, I hate hearing that. Well, I felt like I know what to do with negative stuff, and I just started praying in the Spirit, and, and I was praying in the Spirit, and, and all day, any time that thing came up, I was just praying in the Spirit and seeking the wisdom of God. Now, do y'all know the answer to this. Do I know that it's going to work out? I know it's going to work out. Uh, am I concerned about whether or not it's going to work out? No, I'm not concerned about it. The, but... Here's what I did all day long. I was, I was just praying in the Spirit over that, letting the Holy Spirit guide my prayer and just letting him you know, tell me and talk to me and seeking the wisdom of God on that problem. Well, I got to the end of that day. I think it was a Wednesday. And uh, I think we got home after church. And uh, I was sitting in the bedroom. And uh, uh, I was just sitting there and, and I went, my goodness, I'm discouraged. And immediately, I went, oh my gosh, that two I almost got fearful. 2015 better not be like 2014. I am not having this. I can't believe this mess. No, I'm not taking discouragement. I can't believe this stuff's popped up again. That was what went through my head in a split second, right? Oh no. And then... I went, and then I got kind of mad because I was like, now, Lord, <laughs> why, <laughs> why am I discouraged? This doesn't make sense. I know what to do with discouragement. I, why am I discouraged? Tired of this mess. I, and I, I don't know if I was getting mad at Lord or myself or what, but I was upset. And, and I wasn't upset for long. And the Holy Spirit right there in that moment, he said, he, he basically asked me this question, why are you discouraged? And I went, I don't know. He said, well, what would you think about all day? And then it hit me. 
Now see, I would have told you before that day, now this is just a couple of months ago, I would have told you, I've taught on this, you know, and, and I, I know it. I know this. I know what to do. And matter of fact, I would have told you that I was working on the solution and I would have told you that I had this revelation. But here's what happened. The Lord said this, what did you think on all day? Now, every time I thought about the problem, I started praying in the Spirit because I knew I needed the wisdom of God. I knew that it was going to a solution, but what was I thinking on? Was I thinking on the solution or was I thinking about the problem? I was thinking about the problem and that's why I was discouraged. Because as much as I was giving it to God, I was still thinking about the problem. I was still thinking on it. As much as I knew I needed His wisdom and I knew I would have His wisdom, I was thinking about the problem. And I was sitting there, and all of a sudden, uh, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Brian, you have created your own discouragement. You, you know, big pastor, preacher dude. You have created your own discouragement. And then this is the next thought I had. How long have I been doing this? How many years have I been creating my own problems? Because the truth was, those problems, they were already solved. And now, and I, I'm, I'm, I, this is something that I've been pretty good at in the past is, I can take a problem and you give me enough time and I can solve it. You know, I can, I can, I can, like in a chess match, my brother and I uh, would play chess and I need to play some more, I haven't played in forever. And uh, we would play chess, and if we had like one of those timer deals, dink, 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 like that, he would whoop my tail. And I hated that. I hate playing with one of those timers. But if we didn't have that timer there, I would, I would run circles around him. Because if I could sit there, I could figure out every single move he could possibly do and make the best one every time. And I was able to think on those different levels given enough time. Well, that was a strength of mine. And so, anytime a problem would come up, what would I do? I would start trying to strategize, start trying to, to get wisdom on how to solve this problem. That's what I was doing with these two issues that day. And, and the problem, I don't even know what they were. They solved themselves. I never touched them. That's all I remember about them. I don't even remember what they were. I never touched them. They were already solved. As soon as I gave them to the Lord, the difference was I had a discouragement that I didn't have to have. He had already solved them before, before uh, I, I spent the whole day un, under uh, learning how to be discouraged. So I was sitting there in a created problem of my own doing. Yeah. And, and again, the question was, how long have I been doing that? And the answer is, probably all of my adult life. Because one of the hardest portions, do you realize that all the stress and all the pressure that you have, no matter what it is, it all takes place right here. That's where the pressure is. And to give you an example, that a biblical example is when they were in the boat and the storm 
Jesus is at peace. The disciples are fearing for their life. Same problem. Same issue. One person was not under pressure. The other people were under severe pressure. They were scared for their lives. You've seen people... Um, uh, the, the, it, there's all kinds of examples all over the world. Uh, how about this? Um, you know, when you go into... Uh, I can remember Abigail and Rachel going into their math class and starting to do multiplication. You know, and you ask them to start doing two times two and, and three times four, right? And they're starting to flip out. Why? Because they haven't learned yet the ease and simplicity of the multiplication and they don't know how it works. And because the unknown, all of a sudden this is this huge problem and it's right in their head. In my mind, I'm going 3 times 4 is 12. What's the big deal? Why? Because my maturity level in that area had grown to the place where I knew it wasn't a big deal. But they're sitting there under pressure to learn and get it right because they haven't matured in that yet. So here's the thing. So many things that we have, even pressure from, from health and finances and everything else, it's no pressure at all if you'll simply set it to the side and trust in God. See, what I should have done is every time that problem came up that day, I should have just said, thank you, Lord, for I've already prayed over this. Thank you so much for handling it and go on. You know why? Because my wisdom, and we'll talk about this a little bit more, my wisdom is not what I need. And yes, has the Lord given me a mind to think about things that I should use and figure things out? Absolutely. But you know what I need is not that. He may give me that, but that's not what I need. I need to hear from him. I need his wisdom on the subject. And he knows what I need, and he knows when I need it. So for me to sit there thinking, oh, what is the problem? What is it? How is this going to work? What if this happens? What if that happens? What, what if, all of that is wasted effort because I have a daddy that will tell me exactly what I need when I need to hear it. Anything that I'm sitting there trying to figure out, it's wasted effort on an on a, uh, answer and solution that's pretty much based in worldly logic. I need heavenly logic. I need supernatural wisdom, not worldly stuff. This, whatever worldly stuff I can come up with, there's a high probability it's going to fail. <laughs> it's not going to work. But as soon as I hear one word from him, it's going to stand. So what? Why should I waste my time and effort and emotions on something that's designed to fail when I can, because I have a loving daddy, you have a loving father, hear from him, not have the worry, anxiousness, discouragement. I can hear from him and have the thing I know is going to work. Amen? So let's look here at Colossians chapter 3. How many, how many people have already been helped? Amen. <laughs> All right, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, all right, if you're born again, have you been raised up with Christ? 
Yeah, amen, good. So that includes everybody that's been born again. Well, now he's about to give everybody who has been born again a command. Keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on things that are of the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Where are you going to find life? Where are you going to find your answers? Where are you going to find your solution? Where are you going to find your wisdom? In God. He's got the answer where you're already blessed with every spiritual blessing. You don't have to sit down and figure it all out. Now, it's proper for us to have wise counsel to come and, and, and let's, let's come around and let's think through some things expecting for the wisdom of God to flow through us as we plan, as we grow. That's right. But for me to take a problem and go, um, I'm going to worry about this all day while I try to figure out a solution. I'm trusting God to bring the answer, but I'm going to spend my time in the meantime worrying and, and, and solving it all myself in my head. That, that's like Don Quixote stuff. I mean, running at the windmills. It's a useless... It's useless. Completely Useless. All it does is waste our time and our emotions. And it takes us to the place of no faith. And it takes us to the place of discouragement in this, this particular case where I would have had to deal with that all day long the next day. Who knows how long I would have had to try and now come out of a discouragement I should have never been in in the first place. So here's the thing, you know, uh, uh, Stephen actually um, brought me a piece of news a few weeks ago, and I was actually telling him about this story uh, that, that night, and he brought me a piece of news, and I went, and it was, you know, actually really bad news, <laughs> and, uh, and I don't know if he was shocked at my response or not, but I was like, okay, <laughs> well, God will fix it. If I need to know something about it, listen to this. If I need to know something about it or do something about it, he'll tell me. Other than that, and you know what? God hadn't told me to do nothing or think nothing about it. Nothing. I got a daddy and you got a daddy that loves you so much. He knows how to get through to you. He knows how to get what you need when you need it. And the, the minute we get in anxiety, what we're saying is, you're not as good as you say you are. Right. You don't love me as much as you say you love me. Because, so I've got to be worried and concerned and anxious over this and figure it out. Because you might not come through in time. That's, that's what it's saying. Is it not? I feel like praying. Anybody got some toes need healing right now besides me? It's like, how? How, Holy Spirit? But you know what? This will help. Because we won't spend time in that discouraged place wasting energy and effort 
because that was like two or three weeks ago. I could have spent on that particular situation, I could have spent two or three weeks now going, oh, what's going to happen? I don't know. Oh, and then been mad, been like Seth come up and say, hey, man, uh, can you pray? No, I got something else to pray over, you know. You see what I'm saying? I could have, I could have, all we did is we said, all right, Lord, we need your wisdom, we need your solution, we're asking you to fix it, and we know we have it. In Jesus' name, thank you so much. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Forgot about it. Matter of fact, the only time I've, I've thought about it is when somebody else has brought it up. I hadn't thought about it. But what happens when we're trying to solve that, is, here's what happens. We start becoming the care for our lives. And can't nobody care for us better than God can care for us. We can't care for ourselves like He can care for, for us. And so when we try to move into that position, guess what? You're not anointed to care for yourself. God's anointed to care for you. Why would we try to supersede Him? All right, God, stand to the, I got this. You know, I know you're God and all, but I'll get this one, okay? Are we, is, I just got almost really rude. Are, are we ignorant? Are we stupid? Sometimes we've acted like that. Sometimes I've acted like that a lot. And even when I know not to, I've acted like it. I know better, I've acted like it. Thank goodness for His mercy and His grace. Amen. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. You know, because I'm sitting here, you know one of the things that's going to make 2015 better? better? It's because I'm not worrying about stuff anymore because in January He taught me how not to worry about it. Finally for good. And there's probably more revelation in it than I can only even know yet. But that was a huge major key. And I'm telling you, life has been easier since then. And I generally live a pretty easy life. But it got even better when I learned how to just let all that stuff go. I mean, it's just been simple. That's the way he wants it for you. We can just go out there and do what he's asked us to do and not be worried about all the... All the uh, garbage on the side of the road. Just run down this path that I've created for you. I'll make your way straight. Run down it. I'll smooth. I'll make you a highway in the wilderness. This is the kind of speech he does. And he gets all the garbage, all the tumbleweeds out of your life, and you just run the race that he's called you to run with a smile on your face and victory in your heart, triumph in your mind, and praise on your lips. Good stuff, amen? You know, I, I look at this here, verse 4. It's interesting because it's funny thing about human nature, or, or let me say not human nature, but flesh nature, uh, because I would consider those two things to be different. It says in verse 4, When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with Him in glory. And it's a funny thing about the flesh nature that always puts off it's going to get better someday. Because when we read this verse, I know when I read it just tonight, my flesh nature again said, well, he's talking about heaven. It, it doesn't say that. Who meant, who, who's ever read that verse and thought at some point he's talking about heaven? Here he's talking about the future when, when Jesus comes back. That's not what that says. It says, when Christ, who is our life, do we have life now? Yes. Who is revealed. This is the issue. 
because we've been taught that you can't ever live like Christ, you don't ever think he can be revealed through you. But when we start living like him, we start revealing him. Then you will be revealed with him in glory. So when we start picking up the ways that Christ lived, we start revealing him in our lives right here on this earth. His glory is produced, and as he is glorified through the revealing in your life, the glory comes over onto you too. Isn't that powerful? It's good stuff. Romans 8, 6. So we keep seeking the things above, setting our mind on the things above. Romans 8, 6, For the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. Now look here. Here I am. I'm believing God for the answer. I'm trusting Him for wisdom, but I'm thinking about the problem. Where's my mind? Even though I'm believing the Holy Spirit for wisdom, where is my mind in that situation? It was on the problem. My mind was set on the flesh, on the fleshly problem. What was the result at the end of the day? Death in my emotions. Death in my joy for that day. Why? It's biblical. This is not going away and it's not going to change. When I set my mind at the wrong place, death came in and started to kill my joy. The instant, the instant I set my mind on the Spirit, life springs back into play. I might not see it right away. I might not, I might not immediately see the manifestation, but life is working. It's working. It's working. I just need to set my mind there. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18 says this, for momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. Now, before we go to the next verse, I just want you to see this. Everything you're going through, how many people think that you have had a tough life at some point in your life? That's pretty much everybody who's raised their hand, right? Now, I'm not putting down your pain. But I want you to see the heart of God and what he thinks about your tough life. And he's not being unmerciful. He's teaching you the truth. He's teaching you this. He says everything, and I'm talking about the worst thing you can go through, and I know some people can go through some bad things. Especially what the world would consider some bad, bad things. But what he says is your momentary... In other words, he doesn't consider, put the scripture back up, he doesn't consider that to be, you know, how many people have felt like you've ever been in the position, and this is okay, I've been there too, and it's not, I, I understand what I'm telling you is that you shouldn't feel bad because you've been in this place, you should feel bad if you ha- are not coming out of it, not coming out of this way of thinking. How many people have ever been in a place where it's like, Is this ever going to end? Yeah, I have too. And yet, the heart of God, the heart of a loving Father says, this is momentary, and it's light. 
Now, that does one of two things. Either God is completely flipped his lid, or there's something we don't understand. We're applying some pressure that shouldn't be there. You remember the statement we made a couple of weeks ago that if you're in lack, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that it's the will of God. It means that you're missing partnering up with God somehow. You remember that statement? If you find yourself in a place of lack, there's a, pl- there's a part of your life that you're not partnering up with the nature of God in some area. Does that make sense? So if we find ourselves, oh my gosh, Lord, when is this going to end? It's so horrible. Right? There's something in us that's missing what God has given. That should be good news. Because all of a sudden, where you had no hope, when you understand that, what happens to hope? starts to rise unless you wanted to keep the problem for attention or sympathy or whatever and that's an issue that's a real issue today there's a lot of people that want to do that but as Christians remember what we said earlier to stay in that place is ungodly our job as Christians is to come out to triumph if it's there and available and potential through Christ for us to reach it grab it and attain it we're responsible to not bury the talents and go after it to increase and so for us to say I can't I just don't know how I'm going to do this for us to say, I just I don't see how I can come out of this and it's just so awful, God, won't you help me? You know, we're missing godliness and we're missing solutions and we're in the middle of a despair and a discouragement we don't have to have. We don't have to have it. Now that's not being unmerciful, that's being as merciful as you can get. Because it's saying, hey, there's hope. When you feel like there's not hope, there is hope. That's as merciful as you can get. But the world has made it where you tell somebody like that, oh my gosh, how can you say that to them? Do you know what they've gone through? And make you feel bad for giving them hope. Right will be wrong, wrong will be right. The Bible tells us about that. That's the best thing I can do, is to give somebody hope. What am I doing? I'm giving them God. I'm giving them a part of Jesus. They don't have to feel that way. They don't have to live that way. They don't have to be bound up for years and years and ages and and, and eternity, it feels like. They can come out of it. But it begins with us thinking on the right things and finding out and humbling ourselves to what the heart of God is. And I'm not saying that, look, in the flesh, these things can be rough and and they can seem like they go on forever and that's just it. It's in the flesh. And the reason, and this this is a correction in love, the reason why it seems so hard is because you're paying attention way too much to the flesh. It's the real deal. So we, why? You're setting your mind on things in the flesh. 
And the hope is found by setting your mind on Christ. Setting your mind on Jesus. Lord, there's hope. You know, I know, and, and listen to this. Let this, let, grab a hold of this if you can with your heart, if you're in that kind of place or been there, or if you're going to be there at some place soon, grab a hold of this. Lord, I, I, I cannot see the solution. I cannot see how this can get fixed. I can't see how this can ever be good ever again. But I can see that you are my hope. You are my light. And in this dark place, I'm looking to you to make it start to shine. I'm looking to you to see that everything is possible in you and in who you are. And where I can't see the solution, I know that's not your problem. That's me not having grown up enough and matured enough to get to the place where it looked simple to me. But right now, that's where I'm at. And you know that. And I just throw myself on your mercy. Lord, let your light start to shine. Let the eyes of my understanding be enlightened. Let me grow up to know what my inheritance is in the saints. Lord, let me know where I'm seated with you let me know and grow to the place where I receive your hope and I not only can see it once again but I can reach out and grab it by faith and have it amen that's what we need to do but you know that kind of prayer when you're in that kind of place it that's humble and what does God say about that he says I'll give grace to the humble and to not pray that prayer or to sit back and say, this is just too hard, too many problems, it's too big, and God, what you're saying is, God can't handle it. And that is pride. And that's why it's been bugging you, clinging on you, because you've been sitting in that place saying, this is too big for God. I know... Everybody in here, you've known this forever. You've been walking in it like strong Christians. And this, I'm not teaching you a thing. I'm just encouraging you. I get it. Amen. Verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen. So we're not looking at the things physical, the fleshly things. But at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal or temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We need to stop setting our eyes on temporary things. Problems, temporary. Problems are temporary. Jesus, eternal. Problems, temporary. The heart of God, eternal. Problems, Temporary. The mercy and grace and love of God. Eternal. Problems. Temporary. The wisdom of God. Eternal. My wisdom. Temporary. His wisdom. Eternal. My ways. Temporary. His ways. Eternal. I gotta, I gotta let the glory of Christ be revealed in me as I make the choices that He would make. 
I've got to dis- discipline myself, disciple myself after Jesus and start acting and representing Him in every action, in every thought. Here's the prescription in Philippians 4, verse 4. We'll go through this pretty quickly. Philippians 4, verse 4. Here's whatever ails you, whatever you got bugging you, troubling you, paining you, holding you back right now, I'm going to give you the solution. This is the solution for it all. Everything. You name it, this is it. All right, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I will say rejoice. How many times should we be rejoicing? But what about that problem that you've been in forever and ever, and it seems like the Lord just don't care about it. I mean, just it's just been rough, don't you know, Lord? I mean, does that should we be rejoicing or not? It's a commandment. So the first part of the prescription is start rejoicing. Well, I don't feel like rejoicing. I know you don't feel like rejoicing. Because those feelings, man, they can be rough. I know you don't feel like giving God any glory and praise right now because it just hurts. You know, it just, I get that. I've been there too. And you got to find the place where you say, you know what, Lord, I trust you more than I trust these feelings. I trust you more than I trust these feelings. You said rejoice. I'm going to get humble and I'm going to get obedient. And I'm going to start praising you. I'm going to start rejoicing. In other words, see, if you're in joy, you're halfway home already because you realize there's hope. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. If you're rejoicing and it's coming out of your heart, see, this is a big part of it right here, is starting to see that there's hope. My first thing that I'm doing when I'm bringing people out of a problem is I've got to show them that there's an answer. And his name's Jesus. That's the first step every time. Because if they don't have hope, And they they don't have anything to rejoice over. They can't get into this prescription without rejoicing. they got to see, yeah, this can happen. I think Seth and I were talking about something not not too big, uh, not too long ago. And I said, I, I, I know what it was now. And I said to him, I said, do you realize? Because he had had something happen that, you know, kind of felt negative and kind of had his heart down a little bit. I said, do you realize that if that is not what was supposed to happen, then God still got a better, as good as that looked, God has a better answer, a better solution already planned out. Because if that didn't work and that wasn't it, and that felt so good when it felt good, how how does it feel to know that God has something that's even better than that? Well, now there's hope. Now there's something to, oh, praise God. Man, that felt pretty good. And I was down that I lost, lost that, but now that, now that I start to realize, man, he's got something better than that felt. Woo, hallelujah, praise God, right? Verse 5, let your gentle spirit be known to all men. We need to be gentle. I do want to point out something here because a lot of times we get this mixed up. We need to be gentle to all men. You know, Christ could have called down legions of angels on those people mocking him while he was hanging on that Christ, yet on that cross, yet he was gentle and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they they do. Now, 
Christ was not so gentle to devils. <laughs> and we don't play with them. We don't play with demonic stuff, evil, ungodly stuff. We don't play with it. So gentle is to men, to humankind. We're to be gentle. Why? Because they're made in the image of God. They're made and paid for by the blood of Christ, no matter how bad they've done you. God loves them. We need to be gentle with them. But it doesn't say be gentle with devils. It says be gentle with mankind. But we need to be gentle. This is a part of your prescription. The Lord is near. You know, I can be gentle. You ever, um, have you ever almost been in a fight situation? And um, I don't, if you haven't, I'll just give you a little piece of something. Brandon, will you come here for a second? So if you've ever been in a fight situation, and it's like, all right, let's say uh, you're the bad guy right now. And like, so if I'm seeing Brandon as a bad guy, and we're about to throw down, right? I'm like, dude, he's kind of big. And I'm telling you, the adrenaline start, starts, ooh, and I'm like, ooh. Now, am I being gentle? No, I'm amped. I'm amped up right? I'm like, mm, mm, you know, and I'm getting amped over what's about to happen. But let's say, come over here, let's say that, all right, turn around. Let's say that now the bad guy is over here, and this is my big brother, <laughs> and he's near me, and let's say I'm about this tall, right? <laughs> and now I'm, I'm like talking trash. Mm-hmm, you better... Check them out. I'm, I'm at peace. I'm not amped up anymore. I'm, I'm actually in that place of, of comfort because I know Big Brother's near. And no matter what he does, there are two of us and he's bigger. That's why it says that. You can be gentle and comfortable. That doesn't mean we're supposed to talk trash to the devil. I'm just saying in, in worldly situations, that's what happens. Somebody will start talking trash because they feel comfortable. When the Lord is near us, he's your much bigger brother, much more powerful than we ever were without him. And when he's near, we can be at peace. And that brings about a peace and a comfort and a gentleness to us. We need to recognize, see, that's a lot of times why people are in anxiety and anxiousness and why they don't get uh, that thing that ails them gone because they don't realize how, much he, how near he is. They don't realize how big he is. They don't realize how big they are in him. They don't realize he'll never leave you nor forsake you. I've heard it, but it's not a revelation to them. Man, God's with me. God's walking with me. He walks with me in that door. He walks with you everywhere you go. He is with you. When you start to live like that, all of a sudden it's like, you know, I, one of the things that Ted's been saying this week is the devil does not respect, uh, he doesn't respect your Bible reading, he doesn't respect your prayers, he respects power. He respects authority. That's what he respects. And he, one of the things he said, he said, you know, the devil doesn't respect your tithe. He would try to steal that. But what he does respect is power and authority. And here's why he has to respect the tithe. Because the Lord says, when you tithe, I will rebuke the devourer. And so in other words, I pay my tithe. I ain't got to say nothing. The Lord comes down himself and says, leave it alone. Leave his stuff alone. 
And it's not you or your tithes that the devil's respecting. It's the authority of God. You don't have any right here. Go on. Well, when we start realizing that the Lord is, is with us, he'll never leave us nor forsake us, all of a sudden we start walking in a different revelation. And, it, and there's a different power and authority that goes along with that. And now the devil is sitting there like, hmm, hold up before you mess with them. You know? And then he'll, he'll start to go about trying to do sneak attacks after that. And, but there's, there's plans for that too. That's why you got the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost would be like a problem on your left flank. There's some coming up, like last week. Hey, there's some attacks getting ready to come on Friday and Saturday. So on Thursday, hey saints, start praying. And watch them all come to nothing. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Amen? You see, God's got a plan for all of this. We can relax in Him. We can rest in Him. Prescription, rejoice, be gentle. The Lord is near. Uh, verse 6, be anxious for nothing. See, the reason that this is in here is because we should use anxiety, we should use it, not let it use us. We should use it to let us see that we're missing it in faith some way. If we start to get anxious, then somewhere we've missed something. There's a disconnection. So as soon as we learn to recognize the emotion of fear, the emotion, all the negative emotions, learn to recognize it. Learn to recognize anxiety. Learn to recognize anxiousness. Learn to recognize that. Because as soon as you, you should use it to basically pinpoint, I missed it somewhere. There, there's something, something, something I missed. I, I need revelation in healing. Or I need revelation in finance learn to recognize that so he says be anxious for nothing in other words what he's saying is when you feel anxiety what you should say is lord where am i missing it why am i anxious why am i feeling this what is going on there's some disconnect oh okay now i know what it is let me fix that so that i can get it the get to the place where i have no anxiety in other words what he's saying is it's not that you won't feel anxiety it's that you shouldn't stay at the place where you're continuing to feel it you should recognize it and do something about it does that make sense you should see it recognize it and fix whatever it is so that now it goes away because now i'm not anxious about it be anxious for nothing that's some good teaching thank you holy spirit but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now, I want to I'll point this out. This is a whole teaching I think I did one night. But basically, that prayer right there is not what we think of prayer. Okay? That prayer right there means worship. Okay? The second word is what we would say is prayer. And they're different words. Supplication. Supplication is petition. Most people think prayer is, Lord, I need your help in this, 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 and that. That's the petition. That's the supplication. That's the supply that I need. The prayer is more of a worship. He laid it out in the Lord's Prayer by saying this, Lord, your name is holy. Our Father, which art in heaven, you're in this place of rule where everything's perfect because your will is done there and it's awesome there and you're sitting there. It's amazing that you're there. I just want to praise you because you're sitting there and now not only that, but just because you have a name, you made your name holy. 
You're, and it's a praise. It's a worship. So when, when we're going into this prescription, we rejoice, right? And then we're gentle. We remember the Lord is near. We, we put down anxiety. And then we start to worship Him. We start to worship Him. And then, after that, we go, Lord, I need this. I ask you to do this. You know, bills be, be met in Jesus' name. Health, be, body be whole. Be restored in Jesus' name. And then it says, with thanksgiving. See, when we can get to the place where natural thanksgiving comes out, all of a sudden what's really happened is we have felt the faith of God go through us. We prayed the prayer. We know He loves us. We know He's near to us. And I have reason to be thankful. Because that stuff's done. Praise you, Father. Thank you that this is done. That's all you have to do. Anytime you pray after that, if you prayed right the first time in faith, all you got to do anytime it comes up ever again is just start thanking God. Lord, I praise you for handling that. Amen. I thank you, Lord. Why? Because it's done. Now, you might not see it yet in the flesh or in, in the natural, but it's on the way. It's working. Life is going in it. Life is working to bring about the will of God on the earth. It's happening. So I just thank you. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord. Well, what happens when you're thankfulness? Where's your anxiety or worry? Now, is the problem if you're in thankfulness for it, but it hasn't manifested yet, but you're in real thankfulness, right? Where's the pressure? There ain't none. So, outside of it just manifesting by itself, where's the problem? It ain't there. It's not there. So, you can be at a place where you already receive complete peace and complete joy and complete wholeness even before the thing manifests. You're already in the place of a perfect peace. So now you can be in the middle of problems in perfect peace and people looking at you going, what in the world are they happy about? That don't even make sense. I don't know why they're so happy. I've had people, I don't, even, I don't know why you're so happy about this. You know. It's a good, a good example is that person that you know, flips you off going down the road and you smile. <laughs> Tell them, say, say, I love you. <laughs> Tell them that. That'd be awesome. They don't know what to do with that. Why? Because their mind is set on the flesh, but yours is set on the spirit. They have death working in them. That's why they're so angry. It's why they're so mad. Why they're so anxious. Why they're so worried. You have life working in you. It's why you don't feel pressure at all. And the peace of... Also, look, it says, let your request be made known to God. Um, let me just throw this in there because... You don't need to go tell the whole church about your problem most of the time or hint about it. Well, I need some money this month. I mean, I gave a lot last month, Todd. I really did. But this month, man, my bill is due. And I, I asked the Lord for it. I know he's going to come through. What do you think about that? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to hint provision here. I, got to, I let my request be made known unto God. I don't have to tell Todd. 
I don't have to tell anybody. I just say, Lord, you know. I've asked you, you know. It doesn't say. A lot of people say, well, you know, let everybody know. I need to let my request be made known. No, you need to let it be known unto God. So. Now, that's a different, I will say, that's a different situation when you have a family. Like a boomerang is a family. Or well, we are a family. In other words, if we have a need in our family, well, we will tell each other about that and pray together as a family. And that's how we'll pray. We will agree there's power in that agreement. But that's different from me saying, hey, Brandon, I sure could use some help over here. I know God's going to send it. You, know, you got any time? <laughs> you know, that, that's a totally different thing when we're trying to get people to give on God's behalf. You, I'll tell you, I've done that before, and it doesn't work. It says, verse 7, when you start doing these things, the peace of God, you need to be in peace, the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And here's the last part of the prescription. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, or that means good report, if there's any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. It says in the King James, think on these things. Now, in, um, in that situation that I told you at the beginning, what was I thinking on? I was thinking on the problem. I would say that I had a lot of that other stuff down. The only, only part that I really didn't have down was, uh, was my thoughts about the problem constantly showed that I was a little anxious over it. I hadn't let go of it, and I didn't recognize it right away. So I was thinking not on something worthy of praise. If I'd have been thinking on something worthy, worthy of praise, every time the problem came up, I'd have been like, I'm not even going to think about the problem. I'm going to think about how much is done. I'm going to think about how much it's already accomplished. Lord, if I need to know something, tell me. If I need to do something, let me know. And I will do and whatever you want me to do. But other than that, I'm just going to praise you for this thing being solved. Amen. And it be done. Be done. And that's your prescription for whatever. So let's just stand right now. And I want you to think about what's that thing that's been ailing you. What's that thing that's been keeping you up at night? What's that thing that's been a pain in your body? I don't care what it is. Every name. If it's got a name, that thing's got to bow to Jesus. If, it, if it's got a problem, and then it's bringing lack in your life in some way, then it's got to go. Lack cannot stay. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Some translations say I shall not lack. If it's bringing lack in your life, if it's putting you in bondage, the chains have to be broken. If it's putting you in lack, it has to be fulfilled. If it's left your, you, you rough, then you have to be restored. That's a part of who he is. So let's think about that. What's that thing that's been ailing me? Some of you might be going, well, you want to hear the list? That's all right, too. Put them all on the table right now. And you just, let's agree together. You agree for yourself and you agree for your brothers and sisters that are hearing this. Lord, right now in all these situations, 
Lord, we just rejoice. Praise God. Lord, we rejoice. We have joy in the middle of it, Lord, because we know we're coming out. We know who you are. We're rejoicing right now in you. We are rejoicing. Father, praise you. Hallelujah. You know, that's all right if you say a hallelujah or a glory or, or a praise God or even praise him in, in the spirit. That'd be okay if you did it like right now. Praise God. Thank you, Father. We rejoice. Hallelujah. Lord, we give you the glory. You are worthy of praise. You are worthy of rejoicing. We thank you for it. Amen. Amen. Lord, we, are, we want to let our gentle spirit be known. We know sometimes it's people that's causing these problems and we're not to receive them in anger. We're to receive them in the gentleness of the love of our dad. Of our Father. Lord, we know that you are near. In this thing that's been going on, you're near us right now. And Lord, if we've had any anxiety, we just turn that over to you right now. We cast all of our cares, all of our anxiety on you. I don't have to be, I don't have to be anxious over this thing anymore. I got the peace of God. I don't have to be anymore. Yeah, just. Just sit on that for just a second. Just, just picture yourself taking all of that anxiety, all that junk sticking to you like hot tar and just getting it off of you. I, get off of me anxiety. I receive, just say it with me, I receive the peace of God. Amen. I loose Anxiety's grip on me. In Jesus' name. I'm anxious for nothing. Lord, right now we just worship you. You are awesome. Lord, you are so holy and mighty and magnificent, Lord. You are the majesty on high. Lord, your name is holy. Father, right now we just ask you. Lord, we ask you right now. That the ailments that we've thought of, the ailments that we're talking about tonight, that you will remove them and solve that ailment. Lord, you have removed it and are solving that. You're bringing the solution right now. Thank you, Father. Lord, we just thank you. We give you thanksgiving right now. Thank you, Father, for taking that ailment. Do you realize... Let me just speak to you for a second. Do you realize that right now, if you followed along and in your heart you have believed and made these adjustments, right here in this few minutes, right now, that ailment, as far as God is concerned, is not yours any longer. Well, once you realize that, thanksgiving is automatically produced. Thank you, Father. Thank you for taking that ailment out of my life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for loving me. Thank you, Father, for loving us like this. Lord, the peace that we have right now, it surpasses all comprehension. Lord, let it guard my heart and my mind. Let it guard our hearts right now. Let that peace guard our hearts and our minds. Anytime we feel that peace slip away, Lord, we just make it a purpose to step right back into rejoicing, 
giving you thanksgiving, casting all anxiety away, and we let that peace tell us if we're missing it in any way. And Lord, finally, whatever is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, good report, if there's any excellence and anything worthy of praise, Lord, we will think on those things. Father, we thank you for it and we praise you for it. Lord, I thank you right now that whatever ails us is removed in Jesus' name. Now, life of God, be manifest in every area. Fill in the gaps. Fill in the cracks. Bring restoration. Bring life in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. Amen. Good night.